See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. In this episode, we will talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990 and 2014. So if having spoilers to those movies is an issue for you, you can get the 1990 on HBO Max right now and the 2014 movie on Paramount+. Plus. And now, on with the show. Welcome to See It or Screw It. Dan, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> uh, my name's TJ Davis, he, him pronouns. Now, Dan, you can unshut the fuck up. Oh, I, I, I'm Dan Murphy, he, him pronouns. I'm Emily Schick, uh, she, her pronouns. I will always go last, goddammit. I am Liam Anderson, he, him pronouns. <laughs> Yay, Liam. Yay, Liam. Yay, Liam. Um, all right. So today's Cedar Screw It episode is a needless remake uh, in which we ended up watching the 1990 and the 2014 Teenage Mutant Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Neither uses that music. Uh, the... no. Yeah. Fuck you for making me get through this, by the way. <laughs> the first one uses oh, a yeah. little bit of the like that cadence in their closing rap song. Yeah, but it doesn't use like the cartoon. Back when you had a theme song that had to include the origin and character introductions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, who wants to give the synopsis for 1990s uh, TMNT? Um, I guess I'll do it. Uh, so. Basically, you have a reporter who uh, ends up uh, meeting up with these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they're in the process of fighting a group of ninjas called the Foot, and which is just hilarious, especially now that I know that that's a reference to the it's a reference, Yeah, it's a reference to Daredevil. It's, it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. Um, and which is led by a dude named Shredder, who's, uh, I don't know, actually kind of anticlimactic in a lot of ways. And yeah, it turns out that like their master, Splinter, uh, was the, the rat, was the reason that shredder is called shredder because his face got shredded by him so and then you know the group of teenagers all cha- have a change of heart and uh the turtles win and you know e- everything's good it's really honestly it's not a terribly complicated plot yeah i mean to an extent i feel like they realize that the plot is basically um you know maybe Maybe an hour worth of content, and then they just kind of pad it with other stuff. But yeah, and we'll talk honestly, a little bit more about that. It works. I it think it works. I think yeah, so I mean, too. And like, because I think that one of the things that's it's so rare that we see practical effects nowadays. Um, and these are really solid practical effects for the most yeah. part. Um, and a lot of the padding is just showing off these practical effects. And especially now that we've gotten so jaded with CGI. Like, these are pretty impressive to look at, to be honest. Oh, I mean, so, the yeah. amount of mobility that they have that, like, the man in suit has in the 1990 film mm-hmm. is really something that I'm glad that they show off a little bit more. Because, like, the, the yeah, amount, that's the point of most the amount that they move, the amount that they can, like, actually do this shit in these fucking suits is pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah, and I mean, like that's the thing is they they work around what they what they have as their limitations in terms of like shots choice and setup. I'm sure they had different suits that could do different things. Like I imagine the one they were less mobile in the ones that could um, emote than the ones that that you know couldn't. Like the, when they're jumping yeah. around, they probably don't bother to have all the mechanics to make their mouths and eyes move. Oh yeah, that um, would just but, be you know this extra weight inside of it. But also good yeah. to shout out that. Um, Brian Henson was the one who oversaw the production of these suits and uh, also like all the puppeteering that was in the movie too. So yeah, I mean like solid this technology, puppetry work. No, it's the same stuff that they use on the dinosaurs sitcom of old. For the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they look kind of similar um, when you really break it down. Um, like they're just the way their mouths move and their eyes move is very similar, but you know, it's, it creates an effect and they're like, able to emote somewhat they're aware of the limitations of how much they can emote but it works well enough 
Um, and I think that they are kind of using different head mechanics to like, you know, different heads when they're supposed to be expressing different emotions and they're just cutting to one that's already like looking angry or looking in, you know, sad or whatever. Yeah, and just like but, change yeah. headbands on them if you need to, you know? Right. Oh, I mean, I don't think they changed the headbands that much because it feels like the headbands are like sewn onto them and they really did need to have four that have some slight differences. Like I'm pretty sure, like it looks like Raphael has significantly more freckles than the rest of them, but you know, like I think they did have slightly different head molds or at least uh, paint jobs for the different heads. But... So before we keep talking about, you know, this one, because... There's plenty to say, Mo- mostly good in my opinion. But anyway, um, who hates themselves enough to uh, synopsize the 2014 one? <laughs> Liam, do you hate yourself enough? Oh God, I was actually reading. I was just reading the synopsis of of the the sequel to the 2014 one. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. So there's uh, a reporter uh, again, April O'Neil. Uh, oh God. I like I I blotted this, so I'm just gonna, uh, you know, uh, Dan, you want to do this? Oh, I mean, I I can. Okay, so I mean, I, it doesn't help reporter. that it's an incredibly forgettable movie. Yeah, I mean, I literally just watched it before we started recording. Like, I literally like the credits rolled, and then I got into this call. So, um, I think it's fresh enough in my mind that I know what happened. But like, yeah, there's there's this reporter who's noticed, or really the whole city has noticed that there's a crime wave sweeping the city and they seem to be targeting mutagen and stuff. And so she wants, she's been doing a bunch of like puff pieces and she, or what are they referred to as froth pieces? And she decides she wants something more serious. So she takes it upon herself to investigate these situations and realizes that there are vigilantes fighting these, these thieves and those vigilantes happened to be the turtles and those turtles happened to be created in a lab that her father used to work on and she kind of gives up to the partner of her father at the lab that she knows that the turtles are still alive and that partner happens to be corrupt and working for the shredder with an evil plot to release a toxic gas so people will buy his cure, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so people will buy his cure. Fuck. Like it's a plot, like like one of the things that's so Fuck interesting indeed. about this this like plot is like near the end of the film, it's basically it's just like you have Shredder and you have whoever William Fitchner's character's name is. I want to say it's uh it's like Sax or something like yeah, that. Sax like, oh, yeah, Sax. It's like Eric Sax. Like like so oh it's it's basically like at the end of the film you have like april neil and and what is it it burn will arnett's character or the two of them are fighting william fitchner well the the turtles are fighting shredder and basically shredder and william fitchner's plan requires both of them to succeed like the whole thing falls apart if one of them fails yeah. And it's just like the fact that there's no coordination to like, hey, my shit's going fine or, hey, I'm totally fucked. Maybe you hold off on things like he's a major plot hole. And they're like whole scheme. Like, why are they like going hard on the like, like, let's have a cure that's useless if we don't have a virus or let's release a virus is that we can't cure if we don't have this cure like secure. So. It, 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 it's it, just it's an mind-numbingly dumb it's an even more contrived plot than uh zemo's plan in fucking uh civil war like oh yeah you know zemo's yeah. plan is always the rube goldberg machine of of sinister plots like to me i'm mm. always just like well if it goes wrong like, like everything just seems like like he is like plan a is that they kill bucky and everyone hates superheroes because they killed bucky then they keep on not killing Bucky. So he's like, well, if they don't kill Bucky, they'll detain him here. And then he's like, I don't let him go. And hopefully they kill him. They don't kill him again. So they'll do this. And like, it's basically, he's like set up like, like the, he like, if this goes wrong, it will go wrong in this way. And I am prepared for it going wrong, but it's just like, technically his plan just goes wrong a ridiculous number of times because they never kill Bucky. Yeah. So, but I, we've talked we talked about that privately before. We really should talk about these movies yes. and why 
Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, also, I think one that... second real fast, Dan, yeah. just back off your mic a little bit. I'm yeah, seeing your I'm red trying. line like a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you turn me down significantly. But yes. Um, I'm not even talking directly into well, it. Let, let, let's start off and um, we'll talk more about TMNT 90. Then we'll get back into 2014 because, oh man, I feel like I just want to put off talking about that as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, it's kind in a way, it's what it's almost easier to talk about because of how much it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Liam, I'm curious. Uh, like, how old were you when you first saw the the 1990 version? Uh, about 10 at a friend's house. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, I was, I was a PBS kid. Let's all just get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, That was a good time. Yeah. I, so, uh, I, I've also pointed out, uh, I don't think on this podcast, but like, I, I was not allowed to watch like Disney movies as a kid. Wow. Uh, well, because Walt Disney hated Jews. Uh, that was going to well, be my question, yeah. is if that's yeah. the reason why. Yeah, it was it, no problem with, like, Psycho at age six, but Bambi was a step too far. Uh, so, yeah, I was probably about 10, and I remember just maybe being on the cusp of being a little too old for it. Like, it's it was it was really entertaining, but I remember thinking, even at the time, like, this plot is not not super good, but, like, it was it, like to a nine-year-old, ten-year-old, like it was cool as hell, like visually. Yeah, I would think it was the first movie I I saw where like I was blown away by the visuals, and it felt very real. I think that definitely like the practical suits it helped to make it feel yes. a lot more grounded and realistic too. Plus, you have like you know the grime of uh, like nineteen ninety New York City. So that helps I think that's to absolutely the feel of it as yeah. Well, you know, well I, I think mind. one of the other things that the film does really well is the first. We don't see the turtles first; we see the Foot Clan first. So we're already introduced to ridiculous people running around in ninja costumes. <laughs> yeah. So the turtles don't seem that ridiculous by the time they show up. Oh like, man! <laughs> in the opening, where the old woman's like out on the porch knitting and like looks away, and you see somebody just like yoink her TV. It's yes. just fucking <laughs> hilarious to me. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I thought the handoff to the guy to Shredder or when he's passing the money or the wallet to, to someone who's wearing a full blown ninja costume, yeah. like out in the middle of the street, like like that sort of stands out of just sort of like, look, we know this movie is kind of ridiculous. Just go with it. And I think that that's one of the things that I think that the movie does really well. Like, I actually think that that first like five minutes that's just like a monologue from April like yeah, covering that there's a crime wave in the city and that has all this kind of like like ridiculous crimes taking place they're just so they're so ridiculously over the top it's just like we're setting the tone for this as like like if you you know if you if you're not with this get out now because i mean yeah. i think there's a tendency to like we have to grab this in reality which is something that i think that like Jesus Christ does the 2014 one like too poorly. Yeah. Um, well, like, they wanted it to be gritty for no fucking reason. Just a marvelization yeah. of like fun, dumb movies. Because that's what kids yeah. that's what kids want. That's what 14-year-old boys want. Because Michael Bay makes movies for 14-year-old boys and they want gritty realism. But it wasn't no, I gritty. Don't. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not gritty realism. It's just sort of like this weird campy approach to like being a gritty reboot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because like I think the yeah. fucking and you know the 1990s one feels grittier. I mean, you have kids smoking a cigar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that was the good old there days. are definitely things yeah. that could not be done today in this movie because like yeah, oh yeah, all the kids in like the Foot Clan's hangout just like playing poker, smoking like oh it's wild. Um, yeah. It's like. Oh yeah, '90s. I remember that. It was a simpler time. Uh, I do want to talk about the casting in the 1991 because there are only three names from it that I remember uh, being. Yeah. You know, Elias Kateas is Casey Jones. Um, the stunt casting of Donatello's voice being Corey Feldman, and mm-hmm. a like 22 year old. Uh, 
thought he was 19. Oh, maybe 19 year old, whatever. A very, Sam a very Rockwell. young Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Sam Rockwell's here for some reason. Being the, the head thug. Yeah. And I kind of yeah. love the, uh, the head cannon that I had while Em and I were watching it was like, no, that's totally just like young Justin Hammer. He might not be going by the Justin Hammer name yet, but that's mm-hmm. young Justin Hammer. Yeah, I know that puts turtles in the Marvel universe and, as far as rights are concerned, I think they're pretty much closer to ending up in the DCU. But oh, you see, well, now I would Nickelodeon, right? I have no idea who it's yeah. now. Oh, I, yeah, I would I no put idea. them. I would still want to put them in the Marvel universe because Marvel of. Universe. I mean, uh, they showed up to... in Injustice Two as a secret character. Yeah. So, but like just because Weird. of the ties to Daredevil is why Daredevil. I would love yeah, for yeah. them to oh, show yeah, up true, in true. a Marvel movie. Because, like, you know, the story is that they're supposed to be created in the same accident that blinded young Mac Mur- Matt Murdock. Yeah. And there are well, two are... different ninja organizations running around New York as well. The hand and the foot. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, so does that mean April O'Neil is the mouth and all of them want to go in the mouth? Yes. Draw your own conclusions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and bear uh, in mind, these turtles are supposed to be teenagers. It's fairly well established, I think, in both of them that they're supposed to be like fifteen years old. Yeah, well, both a, both actually well, make they're a, not mid twenties ninja turtles. Yeah. No, both yeah. make a make a very distinction of it's been fifteen years since the mutation. Like both actually very specifically say fifteen. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of interesting, but like whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, the the 1991, I think, so for me, tonally, it gets it right. Like, I, uh, so, Liam, I know you're not, like, a big superhero movie person, but nope. I've, I've seen every, well, okay, I am one behind now on Marvel movies. Um, but, like, I, I think that this more closely matches the tone of the MCU, which is actually, like, yeah, okay, like, sometimes it gets too real, but, like, it's grounded in like a sense of fun and like humor, like humor is extremely important. And I think that like the 2014 falls into the reason that I generally hate the DCEU, which is joyless. Yeah, it's exactly. It's joyless. It's like, no dude, I like, I don't, I don't like this is, you know, this is a, this is a superhero movie kind of about fucking teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not expecting you to like, try to win an Oscar with this fucking plot. Like, just give me something that's fun, give me something that works, and, like, do really cool shit with, like, you know, practical effects and be funny. And that's, that. like, you've got me. Well, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that, I feel like the 2014 version is, it isn't, it, it isn't funny. But it's not it, fun it, it either. It is trying to be. It's just failing. Which Hard is, disagree. Like, I feel like I, yeah. they're like you don't cast Will Arnett without intending to, for him to be comedic. It's just like most of his jokes don't work. And then the biggest problem that they run into is that they kind of forget how to give humor to the turtles. Because I mean, I think that basically, other than Mike being a total creep, um, like there aren't any comedic moments for any of the turtles in the 2014 one or like attempts at jokes. No, not, not um, at all. Because like, like, whereas, as, like, they know very well, well in the 90 version that, like, like, you know, Michelangelo is the comic relief character. And they kind of have Donatello and Michelangelo riff off each other pretty significantly. In fact, they give Donatello a lot of jokes because basically, you know, if you're going to make it that he's not designing tech for them, he has a little bit less to do. So to just kind of partner him with Michelangelo so the two of them are bouncing jokes is a thing that you can do. Um, and, you know, I mean, likewise, that's the whole um, exchange uh, sequence with uh, Casey Jones and they're doing alphabetical uh, insults. Yeah. Like that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a, you know, it's a moment for Donatello, not Michelangelo, but it plays. So. Also, I love the inclusion of Casey Jones. Yes, Casey Jones is a character that, like, I don't understand why you're not using him in every live-action adaptation. Um, Like, I do think that when you get into, like, the cartoons and stuff, he can become redundant with Raphael really fast. But in a movie, you kind of need a human element to bounce off of and react to, and I think Casey works very well. Yeah, I have a feeling that, like, uh, in the 2014, Will Arnett's character was supposed to 
sort of fill that Casey Jones role and it just doesn't work at all. Like I, well, but I can't it doesn't remember work because he's not I, an action. Guy. I can't remember if Out of the Shadows has Casey Jones in it. Unfortunately, we are going to end up watching that as well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just think that Casey, a big part of Casey Jones is the fact that he's competing with Raphael, or at least one of the turtles. I think in the Nickelodeon cartoon of like the mid 2010s, I think that he was as competing with Donatello most of the time. But like the big part, a, a important aspect of his character is kind of a rivalry with one of the other turtles, which, which you know, Will Arnett's character doesn't really have. I mean, Will Arnett's character, based on his name, I think is stolen. From the uh, you know animated series, I think Vern was also one of the names of uh, of April's coworkers. Um, I need to double check that. Um, but you know, I mean, like that's the other thing is like kind of knowing some of the history of, of Ninja Turtles. Like, I was happy to see that like Karai actually shows up in the 2014 version. She's totally squandered, but she's a character that in other adaptations of Ninja Turtles I like. But like, you know, yeah, and I think it's the first time she's shown up in any of the live action ones. Yeah, I don't Unless think she's well because she's a, a relatively new character. Oh, okay, but yeah. Like, I mean, I think based on the credits, Baxter Stockman is in the 2014 film, but I don't remember him. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I don't remember him either. Yeah. Weird. Um, but yeah, uh, do we want to start shitting on 2014 more? That's so goddamn bad, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking bad. Yeah. Oh my joyless, god. Joyless is the word. I mean, even yeah. just starting yeah. off with a script in it that they for some reason felt the need to tie in April with the turtles, that she was taking care of them's kid, and now they're taking care of her. Oh, it's such a it's like no, we, it's, we don't we don't we don't fucking need that. Oh, I hate it. So and then they, they do that and then they take away the notion of having in like like that like like Splinter teaching himself karate from like a library book that fell in the sewers yeah. is so fucking dumb yeah. like 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 i realize like in different incarnations he either is is uh yoshi or like in the 1991 he's yoshi's pet but like either way like to have him actually have ninja training from a master instead of like picking up a book and now he's like this master ninja meanwhile and then so that's that's their decision on that, and then they have April's ridiculous tie to the turtles, like creating them. Like it's just like you made the wrong decision here. But like, my biggest problem, I think, with the 2014 film is that April O'Neil, for all intents and purposes, is your protagonist, and it's choose one of the turtles. I don't care which one. I feel like the 1991 kind of chooses Raphael, but choose one of the turtles, like. Like, yeah, I, would, I don't need I don't need Megan Fox to do anything really. I mean, I don't have a problem with Megan Fox. I, I mean, yeah, I still she, stand by fucking uh, Jennifer's body. Jennifer's body. Jennifer's yeah, body. Jennifer's body. If you haven't seen yeah. Till Death, that, that's worth watching as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I, I my problem isn't with, with Megan Fox's performance. My problem is with how the character is written and how much problems yeah, the character is given over the turtle characters like Agreed. the film is a uh, is titled teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah, not, not teenage, mutant, teenage, like, teenage mutant ninja uh megan fox it's a mouthful yeah. but you know yeah working title yeah no I, I i think we should go with it um yeah i mean the other thing that really bothers me about this movie is that like it, it not only is megan fox like your totally ineffective protagonist when it should be one of the turtles She's also a sex object that, like, oh, yeah. multiple, if not all, of the male characters in this movie feel the need to fucking hit on and con comment on, like, constantly. And it's like, dude, she's more than, like, a face and a set of tits. Like, she uh, actually yes, is a person. She's also an ass. Because there is a scene where Will Arnett is, yeah. like, well, crashes, crashes a car, a car while staring at her car. ass. Yeah. 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 That's the, the, I mean, but that's the thing. Oh, that like, Michael I feel Bay. Like, yeah. No, I mean, I feel like in both movies you have of Michelangelo oh, commenting on how he feels April is attractive. I feel like it's not great in either. It's significantly worse in the 2014 version. Yes. Agreed. Um, like, it comes off way creepier in the 2014 yes. version. Well, and the other thing is, is, you know, I mean, this isn't better, but like, I, you know, 
mo- like Michelangelo says some pretty inappropriate things to April's face in the 2014 one, whereas it's just kind of like like making comments to the other turtles kind of in the, you know, in, in the 1990 version. I don't know. I mean, it's just like the way it comes off is comes off like maybe it's just the way that the, the that's written. They're, they're joke. They're jokes that kind of land, whereas they're just like, I think you mean this to be funny, but it's not. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, think that like a lot of the comedy, well, the quote unquote comedy in the 2014 one, like you're right. It just doesn't fucking land. Like no, it's yeah. it's very unfunny. You can tell that they're trying to have some humor, but like it's just so fucking soulless. Yeah. I mean like yeah. yeah, the turtles don't really have great comedic moments. Their strongest comedic moment is probably the beatboxing in the elevator. It's not a great moment, but yeah. it's probably their closest to something that's just like, oh, this is a somewhat interesting idea. Um, but other things like accidentally setting off the rocket launcher to blow up will arnett's car at the end of the film it's like yeah also why why do we need that explosion at the end of the film because that's going to be important in the sequel and i mean it's it's also michael bay needs more explosions (laughs) not not enough things exploded so oh man i also want to talk for a second about like the overall bayiness of like the action too it's like yeah it's like everything that i hate about the transformers movies just like I don't, my eyes don't get a chance to focus long enough no. to actually see what the fuck I'm looking at. Instead, it's just this like visual stew thrown together. Yeah, I mean, like there were po- like like the when the Foot Clan it crashes the you know the turtles' lair. There were points where I wasn't really sure what was going on, and then like I, when they capture all of them at Raphael, I really had to think for a moment of like what what happened to Raphael and it's just like because you didn't sell that moment very well yeah. you know like so um, but yeah I mean it's a lot of just sort of and, and you know I mean again it's just sort of like like it's I don't know visual salad or whatever they just visual salad is a really good way to say it yeah, yeah. like I, I you know because I think that in the 1990s version it's just like okay we here's what we can do in these suits we're gonna v- write fight scenes that show off what we can do in these suits and try to work around the fact that the suits do have some limitations and mostly they're kind of successful it looks like they're really mobile in those suits um, and the martial arts actually looks good i mean it looks okay i mean like you know i i could an actual martial arts movie is going to look much better um but a lot of Agreed. it is sort of like hey we can do a flip in this suit isn't that cool and it's like yeah it actually kind of is because i don't think because it looks pretty hard to do a flip of that thing <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do like, I, I do but... like that in the 2014 one they the turtles end up using their shells more defensively than they did in the yeah. 1990s like you, you've got them like shell sliding and using it to block you know small arms fire whereas like the 1990 i don't think that I don't think that there's a single scene in it where they use their shell defensively, except no, there is one shot where like uh, Mike pulls his head into his body, but that's more just yeah. using turtle anatomy than it is his shell. Well, the but... other thing is, is the shells are very clearly made out of uh, some sort of foam or rubber or something. Oh yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's definitely far more flexible. Yeah. That, that's far more flexible than it should be. Um, right. And that they kind of don't want to draw attention to it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, I like, I know that the shredder design in the 1991 is like not super exciting, I really fucking hate the Shredder design in the 2014 one. The 2014 one is way worse. It, yeah. it, it's like <laughs> Edward yeah, Scissorhands fucks Silver Samurai, who then yep. fucked a Chitari. And it just, it looks... It's so it, busy. It, yeah, it's yeah, too like, much yeah. shit going on, man. But I mean, like, that that's Michael Bay. Like, every character design, all the CG characters, like, all, their design mm-hmm. is way too busy. Like, there's yeah. way too much going on. There doesn't seem to be much story behind some of it, other than they just kind of threw it on there like I donnie don't wears really glasses think... yeah i don't like that's noise. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't think you're going to be wearing these glasses into battle because they'll get ruined like you have donatello's who see, theoretically needs them to see which okay um but like Raphael has like sunglasses has pretty nice looking sunglasses on it's just like i don't think he wants those to be wrecked like and he never actually wears the sunglasses he only just yeah. ever wears them like on his head 
it, yeah. it's it's fucking weird to me, man. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like the one the one visual effect moment that I thought would actually kind of work for me, though, in the 2014 one was kind of when they showed them as like young turtles and they kind of like showed like splinter growing kind of like like it looked almost stop motiony. Like it looked like they were trying to do some sort of effect on that. It did have like a stop motion vibe. And like, honestly, I thought I thought that looked really cool, too. I wouldn't. Yeah. In that moment, it's like, you know what? I kind of would have rather have like just a straight up like splinter type origin story with him and training the young turtles. Cause I don't think we've ever yeah. gotten that before we've gotten like flashes of it, but I don't yeah. think we've gotten like a full, like, you know, young splinter. It's, it, it's possible. I mean, in, you know, you'd be writing your own thing, but I mean, I, I, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Um, I think that the, that one of the things that I noticed is too was, I don't know, the, like, you know, they have some homages to the previous film, like the Leonardo slicing up the pizza that I thought was kind of decent. I mean, um, also, who the fuck delivers a pizza that's not sliced up? I mean, don't get me wrong. I I, I like... You can order them that way. Weird. Really? You can order them, yeah. You can, yeah, you can. You definitely Why? can order them that way. And then we know we've all gotten the pizza that is not sliced correctly. Yeah. So... um. Actually, that's a good lead-in for, I think, the next thing I wanted to talk about. And the massive amount of fucking product placement, especially oh, in the yeah. first one. Like, there's a decent amount in the second one. But, like, the first one, I, I wrote down most of the stuff that I had noticed. We've got... Well, I, I just like how it's very obvious that the first one is sponsored by Domino's and the second one sponsored by Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah, so. most, most definitely. <laughs> but, like, the, yeah. those were two... Those are two that I wrote down. So the first one, we've yeah. got Domino's, Sony, Turtle Wax, and Burger King. And there is something that I thought might have been like pre-Banaka, but apparently it's an asthma medication. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. What? Primatine Mist. Yep. It's an over-the-counter bronchodilator. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I like how you looked that up. Um, <laughs> that was like the one joke that still do- that doesn't still work. Like, I was surprised that some of the work- jokes do still work. Of Like, like you know, referencing, uh, uh, like, uh, Wheel of Fortune. Like, they make a reference to Vanna White, and it's like, well, she's still on the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they also make a reference to Moonlighting when Casey yeah. and April are fighting, which is like yeah. me in 1990 seeing this for the first time. It's like, what the fuck is that? Now me pushing 40, I still haven't actually seen Moonlighting, but I'm at least aware that it's a show that has Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis and they they constantly fight. So it's like, haha, that's funny. Uh, But yeah, the second one, I only noticed like three major product placements. And I think the third one is the funniest, but we'll get to that. So first off, we have Skype because like from the very beginning, we have like, oh, I'm Skyping my mom. Or whatever. (laughs) And then there's, you know, Pizza Hut, clearly the pizza sponsor of this movie. And then the third one, there's a giant banner as they're like driving down the street to go uh, do their final battle for Project Almanac, another Platinum Dunes produced movie that I don't know, was coming out. I mean, there's also there's also something like that, but it's just like. I had to like I had to look up and see because I fucking forgot about the existence of that movie even. So, well, there's also there's also if I don't know if you turned it off as soon as the credits start rolling, but there is a mid credit sequence that uh, that advertises Victoria's Secret. So there's that too. Oh <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's so weird. Sexy turtle lingerie. <laughs> well, because they're going through the city and. It, people are like looking so they stop right on the cups of the bra and pretend to be the cups of the bra and it's like fuck you fuck you michael bay i I just i fucking i hate you michael bay i still watch your movies and i fucking hate you i guess i hate myself more (laughs) no i mean you know i mean and that's that's the thing is i i feel like there's like a sort of certain lack of confidence in able to sell the CG performances that he felt like he had to anchor this around Megan Fox, similar to how he's anchored most of the Transformers movies around a human character who's usually Shia LaBeouf. But like, like I, I just feel like you can anchor your film around a CG performance. I mean, like clearly 
the, the Andy Serkis's performance in the in the Planet of the Apes movies has proven that it's just like we don't have solid enough performances from the turtle performers in this film. Um, oh, to get that. that reminds me. Let's talk about the stunt casting and um, of Johnny Knoxville, of Johnny Knoxville yeah, is Leonardo. It's just it's like, so why? Bizarre. Why? Yeah. Like, he's the last person that I would ever think to associate with the voice of Leonardo. Like, it just, yeah. And it's also just like, also, none of the turtles have enough personality. Like, they just don't. Yeah, so, they, really don't. they really don't. Why is Whoopi Goldberg randomly in this movie, too? Because she was in uh, available. And, Someone yeah, needs a check. Yeah, willing, yeah. willing to take needs the money. Needs a check. Yeah, give him. A, give him. I mean, why is Will Arnett in this movie? Why is Megan Fox in this movie? Well, Megan Fox I mean, they is in this the movie money. because Michael Bay loves Megan Fox. He hates well, Megan Fox, but he loves Fox. Megan Fox. Fox, but they hates her. They loves her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have that very on and on again, off again professional relationship. It's not healthy. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, um, Honestly, I feel so bad for Megan Fox. Like, it's one of those things that it's like, man, sometimes I'm glad I'm not like, I don't know, like, that hot, I guess. Because it's like, uh, yeah, I kind of feel like she gets pigeonholed because of it and gets treated like an object all the fucking time. Well, I mean, I can't really, again, it's just like, I can't blame her for, or, you know, taking this role i mean it's a significant role in the film unlike the april o'neill in the 1990s film in which it's like yes it's the largest human role but like she doesn't have a whole lot to do and then like in this film she has a lot to do but you don't care so (laughs) i just i just don't care about any of this movie um yeah. and then like even beyond that like the logic issues with the, oh they're they're 40 minutes away from New York City in this like upstate like way upstate looking New York place at fucking Sax's mansion and yeah. then there's also like a, they use the sewers a, to a get su- there a sewer line yeah. that leads them right back to New York City that's in like the Adirondacks, like it just that's relatively as fast as a helicopter makes no fucking sense. It makes no shell, sense. shell sliding at Mach one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. oh God, yeah, yeah, it's just so fucking bad. I mean, no, there's like, there's more or less nothing about that movie that works for me. Like, I, I and. And as a person who, you know, grew up with, like, the original animated series and the, the you know, the, the earlier movies, it's like, did you really have to fuck my childhood? Right. I don't, there, there, there is, I mean, you know, basically it's just like, it's clear that they think that they can make money off of this. There's nothing that they're really trying to... They're not pushing the technology in any way. They don't have anything interesting to say. They just kind of want to make money. I mean, I think that's one of the big things that is going for the 1990s version of it's just sort of like, like there is a statement being made with the practical effects of like, look what we can do with these practical effects. Like they don't look horrible. Like I, they yeah. look pretty good. Like the turtles are emotive. Um, like they are, are cutting away and lighting them low a lot of the time to try to deal with some of their limitations, uh, but they're working so, around a lot of soft focus too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean like, and then one, one of the, one of the biggest things that like, I think the 2014 movie does wrong is like, how do you reveal the turtles? Like, because I, you know, I, I think that they kind of do it in the right way in like the 1990s version in which we kind of see Raph looking through um, uh, manhole cover they're mostly in shadows until they kind of like just skateboard into the frame and, and it's just like I, it's it's we tease them for a little bit and then we show them and we get there pretty fast i feel like the turtles don't show up in the 2014 one until maybe we're pretty close to the half hour mark uh or by the time they actually show it's up it's right around and, like 22 minutes because yeah, that, yeah that was a thing that i noticed as well is like yeah yeah i like how I, the, you get like a little bit of tease of raf like I don't know, 10 or so minutes in from like far distance where it's just like a cat in the dark. Cause all you see yeah. is like the glowing eyes and the outline. 
but then right, but then you they don't just actually... cut to that subway fight, and it's just like a full full body picture of, of Leonardo that it's just like I, you can't miss, and it's like it's like kind of strobelit, but like like you just kind of like killed the reveal. Like yeah. you, there is no reveal. It's just like you've teased it for twenty minutes, and then it's just like, and then you give it away immediately. It's like I don't get it. I don't get that decision. Yeah. Like if you're gonna tease me, then have a slow ha- have like like something that shows off the turtle instead of just the first shot of them being this full body shot. Like you know, do some sort of pan up the th- and you know I mean Michael Bay likes the, the like way too close shots on Transformers. Um, I don't feel like a lot of these shots are like again like in Transformers does it too. It's like where they're weirdly framed. Like, it's just like, it's both too close and too far away at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. But. I don't know. Same way I don't think anything else to say about these abominations. The 2014 abomination or the better 1990 film. I mean, Tony Shalhoub's (laughs) voice acting isn't bad as Splinter. No, it's not. It would have been nice to probably get somebody Asian. Yeah, I mean, they played around with that. I don't know. I mean, it is always kind of a weird situation of sort of like, is this or is this playing something too stereotypically or, you know, I mean, in obviously the 90s film doesn't worry about that at all. Whereas the 2014 (laughs) film was like, let's just whitewash the fuck out of it. Yeah. So, you know, especially because I think the 1991, I didn't look to see, but I know that like the actor playing Shredder, that is not his voice. Yeah. that we hear and i'm guessing it's more it's a white dude who's doing like an asian voice same thing with like the voice actor for splinter in it mm. okay yeah i wasn't sure if splinter was who the voice actor for splinter was um because i know that in the animated like 2007 film i think they did specifically get a uh, japanese voice and it's clearly he's not that familiar with english and the read isn't that great but Mm. you know sometimes they go for that but like yeah it is just kind of this i don't know i mean well the other thing is with the 1991 it's it's interesting that i feel like shredder's right hand man probably has more screen time than shredder Uh, (laughs) i think you're right about that yeah he does i feel like he might have been the stunt coordinator as well um and oh, that was kind cool. of just sort of like giving him like i thought there was something with that you know, oh giving that's another thing i wanted to mention is um one of the editors on the 1990 was uh sally menke oh, okay uh for those of you who don't know she's the one who edited every quentin tarantino movie from uh, reservoir dogs until uh um inglorious bastards when she unfortunately passed away from fucking heat stroke jesus but wow that's a rough way to yeah, go yeah right oh yeah but no that was pretty cool that i noticed when i was watching that again today <laughs> that she was one of the editors on it well i mean that was the thing is the 1990 ninja turtle movie i think was for a long time um one of the most successful independently produced films like ever because you know it's just like you don't make a completely independent film that's that most of the time yeah yeah Um, so all right so this is a curiosity question uh guys what's your favorite turtle oh this is something donatello oh is it is it what's your favorite turtle or if you were a turtle which turtle would you be like uh you know like a hogwarts oh. sorting hat question no no this is I very mean, much my answer what's is your one favorite? of the same uh favorite yeah. uh leonardo donatello one of those two yeah my favorite was always michelangelo he gets the best he, he, he's at least having fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say like in, in i would peg you as more of a Raphael. Oh no! Like, I, it's Michelangelo and Raphael. Like, I, I like, I like Raphael to an extent. Um, but like, yeah, Michael. I always thought Leonardo was super fucking lame. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, and if you're asking which turtle am I gonna be, it's gonna be Donatello because he's gonna because he makes all this weird ass shit. But you know, so. But plus his weapon is 
the one I'm least likely to injure myself with. <laughs> Fair point. Fair enough. I, I do love the uh, nunchuck off that's in the first movie. That That's a fun moment. Oh, yeah. Does, yeah. does Mike even have nunchucks in the 2014? He does. He very he rarely does. uses them because that was one of the things, and this was a big thing on the animated series in which I think in the later seasons he primarily uses a grappling hook and not nunchucks because nunchucks are illegal in many, many countries mm-hmm. um, and therefore they don't want to uh, have him using an illegal weapon. Well, so. like even visual depictions of nunchucks, I'm not sure if it still is, but I know that there was a time in like the 80s and 90s at least when in England you you couldn't even have anything like any movie that use the that uses them in it because yeah. the, you know just no in, in general that was that was a big part of why in the later seasons of the uh original animated series um he switched over to a grappling hook um so. all right but, yeah. i mean you know the other thing is always just like like and i feel like animated series have dealt with this by basically turning all the foot soldiers into robots of just sort of like like we really can't have them use these weapons properly (laughs) because of the injuries they would cause especially especially the the katanas Uh, but like because at least the size are primarily a defensive weapon um but like yeah you're not slicing off people's arms in a kid's show (laughs) and all of that attitude (laughs) Uh, all right um i don't know guys we're 45 minutes in a little earlier than i was thinking but i I think that all of us have like exhausted ourselves on these movies um so let's do uh, what we think it was is this remake needless for the uh, 2014 one? Uh, yes, TJ. Yes. It's fucking needless. Yes, we, we yes. all think that. We, I'm pretty sure, confident that we all emphatically think that. fuck yes. Yeah, and, and yes, yes. I of course am with all of them as well. All right, yeah. so uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990. Uh, see it or screw it, guys. See it. Absolutely, see it. Yeah, see it. See it. And it's a fucking blast. And yeah. it still mostly holds up. I mean, it's Which just the shocking, practical effects yes. for me. It's just like the practical effects are really impressive and they are really worth looking at. And the story is serviceable. <laughs> like, yeah. It's I, just it's fun yeah. as hell. Yeah. It's a it's a nice escape. I mean, yeah. the momentum dies in like the end of the second act. But yeah, no, the, the momentum kind of takes a nosedive at the farmhouse and the fight with shredder is extremely anticlimactic but like enough of the movie is good that i like it like i'm pretty engaged up until the like the antique store fight is actually pretty decent so oh well like like, the whole apartment and antique store fight like i think that most of that works really well um but yeah no everything up through that point is solid and then it's not that terrible after that like you know like there are some good character moments at the farmhouse. It's just a little slow. Yeah, um, and I, of course, am with the others as well. With you know, see it for the nineteen ninety. Alrighty, guys. <laughs> I already know that this is going to be obvious, but hey, yep. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two thousand fourteen. See it or screw it. <laughs> screw see it. it. See it. Yeah. Are you seriously saying? Are you see seriously it? see it? Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I'm being 100 percent genuine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you hate yourself enough that you actually would want people to I, actually hate other people enough to want to watch it. I yeah. I mean, sometimes, but no. It's it's like it. it like I said earlier, my Chris, it's the same thing I feel about the fucking Joker movie. Is like why why can't movies be any fucking fun? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and, and it's how I feel about like basically all most of the DCEU for the same reason. But yeah, this movie is absolutely a fucking screw it. Like uh-huh. screw it so hard. Like, oh my God, I, I would not be upset if I could like get that couple of hours back from, from, you know, <laughs> yeah, do it's, anything it's, else. It's an hour it. and 38 minutes. Um, It's an hour and 38 minutes. I did not need to spend watching this movie. Um, like staring at the screw- wall would have been a more yeah, productive. Uh, so thanks for nothing. TJ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, TJ, I feel like you're the only one who had actually seen this abomination before we record. We decided to do the show on this. Um, oh, I, had, like, I had, I had, I had, you had to. I'm oh, so God. sorry. 
<laughs> I'm so sorry I, you watched it twice because it, it's awful. Yeah. It, it, it is absolutely fucking terrible. And it, it has like no redeeming qualities. So I too am with all of you guys of screw it. I think yeah. this is my first screw it. It might be. You guys are way nicer than I am. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, also, TJ hates himself enough that he likes weird <laughs> shit. So, yeah. <laughs> I am a mental masochist. I enjoy punishing myself with terrible movies. <laughs> and apparently all of us as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, guys. Yep. Yep. You're dragging us down. All right. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's it. Uh, we've been theater. Screw it. Um, you can check out, well, Liam, why don't you tell them where they can check you out in other places? Uh, yeah, so you can check out, uh, well, there's your problem on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, I also have a podcast called Lions Live by Donkeys, which you can check out on Twitter and where you get your podcasts. And I have a Philly pro labor sports podcast called 10,000 Losses. You can find us on Twitter and on all your favorite podcast apps. Am I on yeah. anything else now? Uh, yeah, I mean, so far, we the only thing... TJ and I also have a beer, a New England beer podcast called New England Beer Reviews. That, Such an original um, name. Hey, we wanted to be straightforward about it, and people understand what the fuck we're talking about. Um, but yeah, we're on all of the social media platforms, except like, like fuck TikTok. I'm way too old for that shit. Um... I also still don't really understand how, how to use most of those platforms effectively, but we're on there. Um, and you can find that also where, wherever, probably wherever the fuck you found this. Cause you're listening, <laughs> probably listening to this on a podcast app. So. Yeah. And uh, I don't have anything else to promote myself really. I mean, I have, uh, you can check out my web comic at with fetus.com, but yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I, I got. mean, that's something to promote, man. So, <laughs> yep. with fetus.com, it's a webcomic yeah. about abortion. Yeah, yeah. Well, right now, it's I'm more doing about a side pandemic. project on that site, but yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've been TJ Davis alongside the others, all for uh, see it or screw it. Uh, you can check us out in places that you check things out in, most likely by the time this comes out. Uh, Bye. Bye. Bye.